Welcome to episode 18 of What Lies Beneath the Seattle Kraken Podcast, All-Star Edition, at least the aftermath. Uh, we're excited because we got to talk about what's coming up this week for the Kraken. We'll talk about last week, too, which seems like, you know, a few weeks ago, but it was because of the All-Star break, not because of COVID. And coming up in No Dumb Questions, why the hell did Tom Wilson of the Washington Capitals get booed at the All-Star game? That's a great question we'll explain in depth and in hockey history let's talk about a few all-star historic moments the kraken had a historic moment maybe you know about it maybe you don't but there's some other cool ones too so we'll discuss get ready let's roll it's back to hockey this week welcome to episode 18 of what lies beneath the seattle kraken podcast Welcome back. Even though we didn't miss a week, uh, it feels like there's been weirdness with you know the All-Star Game and all that sort of good stuff. Uh, I'm Jeff Januzic, and this is my friend and co-host. Joey Cirillo. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, I just actually got done wrapping up watching the, the replay of the NHL All-Star Weekend, all the skills competition, and that was a lot of fun. And I'm anxious for hockey to come back. So, uh, you know, Wednesday night, we'll have another cracking game here soon. And it does feel like... It's been a year, doesn't it? Like I was looking at the notes just from uh, the previous week against the the Bruins and the Islanders, and I'm like, that it honestly feels like that was last year. Yeah, you know, we had a shortened week because of the All Star Game, and then you know, no NHL games at all. You know, typically if the Kraken aren't playing, at least I'm watching some other hockey. And you know, All Star hockey is fun, and the weekend's fun, but. By the time the All-Star game actually happens, I'm, I'm pretty much over it <laughs> before it even <laughs> starts. So, you know, I'm ready to see the Kraken, you know, get back into it. So where do we start, man? I mean, I'm excited for Kraken hockey. I really, by the way, the jerseys really look phenomenal. When you, when you watch the skills competition and you compare mm-hmm. on the ice the Kraken jerseys to all the other teams in one arena it was kind of cool to see per, per perspective on it and it made you go yeah these are pretty sweet yeah no i'm i'm 100 uh, percent with you on this i mean granted i'm kind of a homer but <laughs> but yeah the 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 sweaters look great uh eberly held it down for the kraken and uh, we can get more into uh some history that was made later but it was really cool to see Seattle represented at the at the NHL All-Star game. It was too bad McCann couldn't be there because I really do feel like he has legitimately earned a spot. Um, but you know, if he keeps continuing playing like this and Seattle uh, extends him, I think that there's a good chance we'll see him at the uh, repping for the crack at the All-Star game in the future. Well, remember at the beginning of the year in January, like one of our first episodes, you know, we did call out the top guys for not, you know, scoring. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's when, you know, Canner went on his tear, started his tear and he's been nonstop. So I'm pretty sure we were the catalyst. I don't know if, you know, whatever contract he signs, we, we should get some of that. I think we're the catalyst for him. We're the catalyst for Grubauer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what yep. else we're catalyst for, but all I'm saying is like, where's the residuals, you know, like the, yeah. check, the check in the mail, what's going on? Like Ruby, we see you posting photos. Like you're on a boat somewhere, sipping some wine, wearing some yeah. very nice, you know, designer shades. Where's the check, bro? Like, you know, yeah. we're, trying to, we're trying to help us help you here. Yeah, for real. Gru, you're not playing in the Olympics, you know, like you were planning. So, you know, start, you know, signing some checks. Make it out to What Lies Beneath, the Seattle Kraken podcast. 
that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> so I say we do this is let's talk about all-star weekend because that was the most recent. And then we can get into uh, just remind you how the Kraken did before the all-star break. And then we'll talk about what's coming up this week for the Kraken. How's that sound? Let's do it. It was your first ever all-star weekend, Joey. And on Friday night, it was the the skills competition uh, followed by Saturday with the actual NHL all-star game. Um, so I'm going to be honest is I, I, I really didn't catch much of the actual all-star game and, you know, think of me what you will. But um, by the time we get to the actual game, I'm, I'm a little over it and I'm a little bitter and I'm a little like, let's get back to regular hockey. While it is cool to watch. Um, I don't know. I just, I wasn't really looking forward to the actual all-star game, but I was and always am pretty pumped about the skills competition. I know you watched the skills competition too. Your first skills competition. What did you think? Gut reaction. My gut reaction was, uh, oh man, there's so much to talk about here. I'm like, how do I get to the good shit immediately? So my gut reaction was overall, I did really enjoy it. And I'm with you on the actual all-star game and in full transparency to everyone listening. I did not, I did not actually watch the all-star game. I caught the highlights, was very excited for Eberly. I have already noticed that I am treating the NHL all-star game exactly how I treat the NFL pro bowl game. I don't fucking watch it. Like I don't watch <laughs> it. I might catch highlights. Um, you know, it's like two hand touch on ice. And so I took a, I took a pass on that, but it, it was great to catch the highlights. Now for the actual skills competition, I was a big fan. I liked that. They tried to incorporate some different elements and some different games uh, into it this year based off of their location, which was in Las Vegas. Um, but I also noticed that a lot of stuff that the NHL did was either like never rehearsed before and clearly needed to be, or there was just some kind of like awkwardness. A lot of the times the interviews and I, maybe you can tell me actually, is this a hockey player thing where I noticed that a lot yes. of their interviewing players, it's fucking awkward. Like the players I do not know um, what to do when there was a mic in front of their face. Uh, the interviews are incredibly uncomfortable and awkward. Uh, there was at one point where they were having like players draw some shit from like a magician and he was trying to like prompt them to like read a card and everything. They couldn't even get like that on the same page. I don't know. There was these little moments of awkwardness throughout the, which I actually thought was pretty endearing because I'm like, Oh, they you clearly have not practiced this. They just told you, Hey, you know, for this competition, we're going to have you scout to out into the ice and blah, blah, blah. But aside from that, you can tell that everything was kind of playing out in real time. Is this a thing that hockey players do where they're just not good with the mic in front of their face? Yeah, it, it that's exactly right. Is hockey players typically are pretty lame in interviews <laughs> and the all-star competition. That's why people latch on to the personalities uh quite a bit just in general like whether it's the all-star game or not because the ones that are not afraid to say what they want to say and have fun with it um you know, they're great, you know, they're fun to watch, but you don't have too many of those in the NHL. So typically like, you know, watching the um what do they call it, the boat shootout the the blackjack boat shootout in the bellagio fountain there was the yeah it was the fountain face off and then there was the 21 yep. and 22 competition so the fountain fate like that was i mean that was it was cool to like the actual premise of it was cool but like stop talking to him you know like <laughs> stop talking to like you know like ebbs bless his heart you know he's like he's out there trying to shoot and stuff like that but he's like uh you know he's like what's he gonna do it's like so weird for them they're standing out maybe they were maybe they were uh, all of them, everyone out there was really lame. Um, maybe they were afraid of actually falling off that platform into the Bellagio fountain. 
Well, the, the my favorite part was from the Eberly interview was the question was asked of him and it was teed up and it said, hey, Jordan Eberly, you're in a new city. How does it feel? And he kind of gives a smile. He goes, well, it's new. And then like all like everyone else, all the other players that are standing behind him also participating in the face off in the fountain face off just start laughing. And I'm like, this has to be a hockey player thing where he's like, you just asked me the dumbest fucking question. I'm basically not even going to try to bail you out of this i'm just going to like respond to this question with like the most blatantly obvious response here all of yeah. my, all of my people behind me are going to think it's hilarious and the interview is going to be awkward and then can i please shoot now that's that, yeah that, and that was funny that they were you know because that's what hockey players really in my experience are are hilarious and and full of personality behind the scenes mm. but you know they're just kind of taught to be kind of like that and you know they're going to throw subtle jabs like Ebbs did uh, yeah. made everybody laugh, which is great. You know, so like it's cool to see. But I honestly, I think what's going on is I'm wondering about this is, you know, they're in Las Vegas. These guys are there to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to sh- I'm going to guess that, you know, they're they're out there having a good time. You know, like they're sipping on this, drinking on that. Like now, like Ebbs was there with his family, his daughter. So he may not be out there getting ripped. Um, but, you know, a lot of the guys there are super young, don't have families most likely so they're partying and stuff like that so there's probably a little bit of that in there too there was an actual moment and i and i actually i wrote this down because i appreciated it so much where they were doing commentary and this is the very beginning of like the the skills competition in general and the and the announcers said something on the lines of like oh how late did this guy stay out last night in fact it was during like the speed skating competition because one of the guys was so so slow out of the gate that they were legitimately joking around and being like Oh, you can tell he's had a few too many. Like, like what the fuck? Like, I've never seen something like that during like an all-star break on a, you know, on a major, like on an ABC. And they're joking around about how this guy's hung over because he's not, you know, skating at the speed he's used to skating. I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty funny. In fact, they should have let announcers, um, you know, be able to comment on these sort of things more because I don't know. Also, you know, me being hung over as hell on Saturday, this is very relatable material for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just sitting there kind of like, oh, okay. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, totally get it. I thought I was actually going pretty fast. <laughs> well, I, you know, like, I think there's got to be, they're, they're, they're figuring it out. And, you know, at least they treat the all-star game like a big, you know, progressive experiment and they try different things. So I think my only beef uh, with watching the, the skills competition is I wish they could have made things go faster, um, mm-hmm. you know, because it's kind of stretched out and it's a little, a lot of it's forced and, you know, the, the production wasn't that, fantastic and you know espn's doing it for the first time in a long time so maybe they you know that was part of it um you know but overall it is cool i mean i, I like the skills competition because you, you get to see you on the ice you do see some personality come out in certain things but it's also neat to see just just different stuff yeah well, i agree and um so I, I made a couple of notes on some things here that really stuck out to me that i wanted to share with you and kind of get your opinion on so first off jordan Cairo super young first all-star appearance he wins fastest skater award and it like i know you know it was like you know tens or hundreds of a seconds close but i and again this is just me being hockey noob here i just expected this is a thing that Connor mcdavid was going to go out there and just demonstrate that he's the fastest and he actually did end up winning and it was it again it was jordan Cairo of st louis what, were you surprised to see that result? Was it like supposed to be a given for Connor McDavid to go out there and then remind everybody that, oh yeah, by the way, I'm the best at this? No, no, I don't, it's not. It's not a given. Um, I, I mean, was I surprised that he he won? Yeah, that uh, Kyrie won. Yeah, but you know, obviously he's quick and it, there's a lot of uh, technique in it too. So I did notice that. Um, 
Connor McDavid, he, I think he took a little bit of a wider turn on, on his run. Um, and I think they go twice, but, uh, he was just a little off, but what I did notice is that Connor McDavid, he doesn't look like he's going that fast. Like, you know, Jordan Cairo looked like yeah. he was going pretty fast, but Connor McDavid's such a fast skater. He makes it look effort effortless. So, um, you know, I, I guess I was a little surprised that he didn't win, but at the same time, you know, so much stuff happens on there and it's tough. That's hard because you, the technique you have to, it's like a race. You have to make sure you take the inside corners correctly. You know, so there's little subtle things that you've got to do uh, to make sure that you're cutting off tenths or hundredths of a second to try and win. Because I think he was only like, I don't know, quarter of a second behind Kairou. Yeah, close. it was, it was pretty close. And on another note, Jack Hughes of the New Jersey devils, he's the youngest guy that is attending all-star weekend. He's 20 years old. He's rocking the backwards hat the entire time. Is he, in my opinion, he's trying too hard to pull off the Ken Griffey jr. MLB all-star vibes here. Did, did you even notice that? Like, like at what, like no one was out on the ice with a bucket on, no one had even a hat on, but he's out there hat backwards. And again, as a, you know, born and raised Washingtonian Seattle diehard, I just think of Ken Griffey Jr., Major League Baseball All-Star, him rocking the backwards hat, especially in the home run derby, which he ended up winning. But uh, I don't know. I, I just got like some weird try-hard Ken Griffey Jr. vibes. But also, I don't really like the devil. So I was like, fuck this kid. Or maybe I'm being too hard on him. I don't know. I think you're being a little too hard. Um, Jack Hughes. <laughs> no, but look, you know, like Jack Hughes is, um, you know, he is – he's, he's a bro. Like he's a, he's like a surfer bro. He's yeah. super chill. Everything that everybody says about that guy is that he is like, he should be the face of the league. Cause he's hilarious. He does I don't not, like that. he does not care. Um, you know, he, he is, um, you know, he's fun and he says it like it is, you know? So like that, that's, you know, so it kind of fits the persona a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, so yeah, but I, I, Hey, look, I'm not from Seattle. So like, I totally understand how you can be defensive about the backward hat because even as a non, you know, Seattleite, I know the backwards hat, Ken Griffey Jr. lore, you know? So like, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want to step on that. So if that's, if that's how you feel, man, like, I'm not going to tell you how to feel your feelings about that. So you feel, man, feel those feelings. And I, I think have, Jack, I have a bone to pick with Jack Hughes. I'm not going to, so I actually decided during this all-star break that I officially do not like him. And the Jesus, reason why for the hat, one, for the hat one, well, the hat's number one, like don't, don't fucking go out there trying to be Ken Griffey Jr. And then, like, not even win the thing you're participating in. And then, two, and I know that it wasn't just him. I also blame John Hamm for this, too. Like, there's some John Hamm controversy around the NHL All Star weekend, which I did not like. Like, John Hamm, don't make me not like you either, because I, I do appreciate John Hamm, but I think he overstepped. But the issue that I have with Jack Hughes, and this is during the breakaway competition. I did not like. So, first off, if he wants to be the face of the NHL, I'm fucking out because. His like quote unquote personality, the shot that he did for the breakaway challenge where he did the magic trick. First off, it was awful because little Jack Hughes, when they open up the box that he was supposed to appear out of, he literally is stepping out of the black curtain. Like you can see where he's stepping out of. It was so poorly done. And then on top of that, that little kid, and here's where I trash like a 10 year old who's skating around. That goal was shit. That goal that, that kid put on net was absolute shit. And for that to score more points, then Trevor Zegras doing a blindfolded complete 360 and then like dangle it in reverse and then puts it and then puts it uh, in the net for that for Jack Hughes to score more on that goal than the Trevor Zegras goal is a fucking abomination. In fact, like I'm watching that and I'm like, how like 
I, I don't understand what I am looking at right now. I'm seeing <laughs> a bunch of people, like even even the announcers, like when Zegris did his thing, they were saying, oh, this has to be tens all around. And I'm seeing these fucking idiots holding up nines. I'm like, how are you going to give this kid a nine? Why don't you go out there and do this right now? Because what he just did was so jaw-dropping that, and again, a thing that I've noticed since starting to watch hockey doesn't get a lot of coverage. It got coverage everywhere, like all over ESPN, all over the socials, Sports Center, which is still trying to be relevant, not really. Barstool. I mean, you see, you see this goal everywhere. You know what you don't see? This bullshit Jack Hughes. Here's a mini me version who puts a really shitty shot on net that the goalie lets go in. And you know what I want to happen in that scenario was the goalie just kicks that fucking puck out. And it's like, are you kidding me with this shit here? Like, this is what you're doing for your breakaway challenge? I'm over it. <laughs> So that was an epic rant. Number <laughs> and good. It was a good one. I get it. Like, you know, so there's a couple of it things here. Shit, Number one is uh, mini Jack Hughes uh, was the equipment manager, the devil's equipment manager's son. All right. So yeah, he'll never play. Keep being the equipment manager for the rest of your life because the way that you shoot horrible. Wow. No now I do. I do give you points for calling them out for not doing it. If you're going to be a magician and make a magic trick happen, you got to get the magic trick, right? So it was, yes. that was a, a big fail. Now, uh, to get away from Jack Hughes a little bit, which I'm going to, I'm going to die. I need to dive in since he's a hot button issue for you. I'm going to dive into some interviews this week between podcasts to see if he's truly like, should he be the face of the league? Cause the dude's pretty good. But anyway, um, here's another thing is over the years, that breakaway competition has evolved into what you now see, which is mm. more of a style fun act type thing. Yes. Okay, well, it was it's what the NBA does for the dunk competition. I mean, that's that's essentially what what they've turned it into. Am I wrong? Yeah, I guess I don't. I haven't watched an NBA All Star Weekend or game or skills competition in a long time, and okay. so maybe maybe they're following suit there. But yeah, I feel like the last three four years, it's turned. In, I forgot who did it for the first time. Oh man, I'm trying to think back to when this kind of started. It was not like that where it was like let's dress up and do wild stuff and think of this and think of that and have you know other help and props and all sort of stuff it was not like that it was just like do some crazy awesome stuff on the ice you know and and uh and that's where i was thinking like and i did actually watch a lot of behind the scenes stuff mm -hmm. um they had a lot of the tiktok you know you know twitter and social media hockey influencers who are have amazing skills that aren't pro hockey players um they did let them out on the ice to do cool stuff like uh, not during the game but um they're, they're, these are the guys that are doing like the michigan goals um on steroids yeah so Anyway, what I'm saying here is this is you are old school when it comes to the NHL All-Star game, where it sounds to me like you're kind of not digging the acting skits, sketches type thing. And you just want to see cool, kick ass, you know, shots. Yes and no, because here's my thing. The reason why I appreciated the Trevor Zegras um, goal so much is because for me, it towed the line between gimmicky and awesome. Like mm -hmm. it didn't overstep it. You can easily, you know, do like uh, some uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy shit where you say, was he really blindfolded? I mean, there were a, a lot of players that were saying that too, being like, he made that look so easy. I don't believe he was blindfolded. Like, there's no way he really just did that because it was so incredible. But it never crossed the line of cheesiness. And I have the same issue with the NBA dunk contest. And, and honestly, if you start to watch it, especially in recent years, if you go back, the NHL, from what I have noticed, has really kind of followed suit and I'm all for it. Like I'm, I'm completely for it. Like when I watch Dwight Howard put on the Superman cape and do the dunk, 
I thought it was cool, but it was also bullshit because Shaquille O'Neal is Superman, not Dwight Howard. When oh, yeah. you see when you see stuff like uh, Blake Griffin, uh, who goes to dunk over uh, a fucking car, but then he does it over like the smallest part of the hood of a Kia. You know, cool concept, but you know, shitty execution. So I understand what the NHL is doing here, and I am all for it because in my eyes, these are the things that are going to grow the game. However, that Jack Hughes magic thing was bullshit it went way over the line of gimmicky like the kid is literally coming out from behind the black curtain that we weren't supposed to see and then he puts on literally a horrible 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 shot on net i don't care if i'm criticizing a 10 year old for his skills he's a fucking equipment manager and then oh, for man you're going yeah. back you're going back in you're going back the in that made me the most upset about it was they scored that higher than the trevor zegras goal and it's like listen if you're if you're going to embrace this you need to embrace like Scoring the goal also has to be kind of counted in the whole, I don't know, like however you want to score it. Because at the end of the day, that kid's shot on net was absolute shit. And the thing was way too gimmicky. And it wasn't even pulled off well. Whereas Zegers is out here like, dude, I'm dressing up as, as a guy who's going to average Joe's. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a dodgeball, dodge, duck, dick, dive, and dodge. Like whatever the saying is there. I'm getting yep. upset here now. But – all I know is that he's fucking blindfolded doing incredible moves. And honestly, I don't even really like him that much as a player because he fucking destroys the Kraken. Like the Kraken are 0-2 against Anaheim because they beat the hell out of us. And he's a big part of that. He's but fast. he deserved to win that thing outright. And then John Hand comes in, by the way, and then awards the whole thing uh, to his boy over uh, on the Vegas Golden Knights. And so it, it just blows my mind when I see uh, a goal – and the breakaway challenge that is so skillful and like legitimately set the sports world on fire. And for that not to be the overall winner, I'm like, NHL, what the fuck are we doing here? Uh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, uh, I don't think you should be so angry at the kid, <laughs> but overall I agree with you. So it <laughs> was there anything uh, about the skills competition besides that, mm-hmm. that you wanted to see more of or less of, uh i'm trying to think here honestly i really as much as i am going off about the breakaway competition it is the event that i enjoyed the most which is why i think i'm so passionate about it because i think it has the most potential to really get people talking about nhl and to grow the sport so i think that overall that was i don't know that was my favorite competition despite the end results but you know that's not totally in control of the nhl uh the 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 save the save competition the goalies did i just thought it was hilarious because the interview at the end was so incredibly awkward and the whole time i'm watching i'm like this must be a goalie thing because goalies they're not normal people man like i feel like i feel like you're a born a goalie and at the end it was jack campbell and andre and here's where i'm gonna fuck up his last name valaviski valaviski that's fuck. See, I'm getting, I'm trying, I'm working on this, but uh, Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky, I Vasilevsky. Think yeah. So, well, here's the deal. They about the, the competition, the interview afterwards was super awkward, but I actually found it like endearing awkward. I was like, Oh, you know, they're goalies and they're trying to make them seem like normal people, but they're not. Well, goalies are, are definitely a different breed. Um, I, I know you're into music. I'm into music. They're like drummers. So I, I think goal, I actually played hockey with a goalie who was also a drummer. And that's when I had this realization. I was like, <laughs> His name, his name is Catfish. And um, and I was like, man, goalies. I've always known goalies to be a different breed, right? And then 
I knew that he was a drummer. I was like, man, I know some people who are, you know, in bands that don't play hockey and drummers are also a different breed. And he's a drummer and a goalie. I'm like, okay, goalies and drummers, same thing. So if you know music and you know some drummers, you're like, yeah, drummers are just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. a little, little off, a little strange. That's the same thing with goalies. So goaltenders are uh, a little weird. I mean, you, you do have to be a little nuts to want to strap on all those pads and take, you know, pucks that are coming at you at a hundred miles an hour. Um, although it is fun to play. I will say it is fun to play goalie, uh, specifically on street hockey. I played goalie. I actually have uh, gotten thrown into games a few times just in like beer league hockey when goalie didn't show up, but we had uh, pads and I had to, um, I, I think I'm, I think my record's like one and two. We, uh, okay. We man, it's hard. It is so hard to play goalie. Oh my God. And you know, on feet, it's different. It's fun. Cause you can like throw yourself around like basement hockey, that sort of stuff. It's like, you know, at one point in my life, yes, I was taping, um, couch cushions to my legs <laughs> uh, that's that's how i grew up but specifically with ice hockey putting all the actual equipment on and wearing it um you know i i i won one game mainly because like somehow the other team was just that bad and we scored like 10 goals i gave up like nine goals but we scored 10 so hey wins a win you know what i'm saying wins so. a win man so i got a pretty good record not too bad but goalies are different i think overall you nailed it is you you know talking to hockey players and trying to force things out of them um is tough and i think they should just stick to the people who are going to give you the good interview mm-hmm. and the good uh, stuff so you know, overall, the all-star weekend skills competition, I'd be okay if they just whittled it down to like fastest skater. Um, they did like the hardest shot. Um, they did a couple of the other, like some of the other competitions, like the passing thing and all that sort of stuff. Like that's just, just lame. So they could whittle it down a little bit and I'd be fine with it. And then that would have got the guys out to go enjoy Las Vegas a little bit. I, but, I agree. And, and uh, sorry to cut you off. I was going to no. say, just, I wanted to also shout out Victor Hedman, uh, Tampa Bay lightning. Cause he won the hardest shot. He had a slapper. 103.2 miles per hour or 166 kilometers per hour. Holy hell. That was, that was actually a lot of fun to watch too. So I, I really did enjoy that competition as well. It is neat to see. Cause whenever like the big, the big number goes up there, it was like, Oh, although like, you know, I've been watching that for a long time. So like, unless you're over 105 miles an hour, I'm just kind of yawning. So I'm really, little, yeah, I'm a snob. I'm a, I'm a, a hardest shot competition snob. Uh, 103, 103 and a half miles per hour is a little lame. I don't know, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Get it together. You you would go out there and defend that. You would, you would strap up the couch cushions to the, to the legs and go out there and take that. Uh, no, I would not do that. (laughs) I would not do beer league hockey, slap shot speed and NHL all-star slap shot speed, uh, completely different (laughs) universes. No. So the all-star game, uh, you know, like we just admitted, we didn't really watch it, but you know, there was a record breaking moment. There was a first for the Seattle crack and Ebbs gets a goal. It was pretty sweet. Let's fucking go. And not only did he get a goal, but it was on a breakaway and he finished the breakaway. It was a one-on-one scenario. And granted, we are fully aware. We're going to get so many tweets being like, this was the all-star game. They're playing it a quarter. Hey, we get the full context of all of it. But that doesn't mean that we can't be excited because this is the first time a Seattle Kraken player has scored in an NHL all-star game. That's something to celebrate. Let me tell you this, though. Here's what happens, and this does happen in the NHL, is a player who goes off and has a good all-star game and scores a goal or does something cool. Lots of times they come back, and in technically the second half of the season, uh, they have a good second half. So that could be a precursor to Ebbs, you know, getting back on the horse and, you know, finishing and, and making big things happen. So, you know, think about it is you're playing with the best players in the world in one game. Mm-hmm. 
best players in your league and you're now one of them. So, you know, you get selected as an all-star. You're like, Oh sweet. This is pretty awesome that, you know, Ebb's got to go and he represents the Kraken. Fantastic. So he's already feeling good. And then he actually, you know, uh, participates in the game and he contributes, you know, to, to the game and has an awesome goal. So he might be walking away from that. First of all, he's coming back to Seattle. Everybody's like, yeah, Ebb's way to go. That's you bet. That was awesome, man. Way to go. And you know, he's feeling pretty good. So like he might take that, um, and, and run with it. And I hope he does. So it's a good, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's an all-star game It's laid back. It's fun. But at the same time, he's still scoring a goal on a breakaway against some of the best players in the world, the best players in the world. I agree. Not only that, but a couple of things he got to rest and relax a little bit, right? He's not going there as young fucking Hughes running around with a backwards hat, getting trashed at the Bellagio. He's there with his wife and his little girl, which is really cute because they had, these giant pucks with the players on them and outside of the arena where they were doing the skills competition. And there was the video that was put on Instagram of his little girl finding the puck. And she's like, this is daddy. It was actually very, very like just a really cute moment. that I really appreciated. But yeah, like you said, he's building up the confidence. Oh, then guess what? The Kraken's first game is this upcoming Wednesday and it's against the worst team in the NHL. So if that's not a way to really kickstart the second half of the season, I don't know what is. And then also, and I thought how funny would this be? There are a couple of people that ask questions like, you know, him scoring a goal, like does this count for any of the stats moving forward, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the obvious answer there is no, but how fucking amazing that would be. And I was like trying to apply that to other sports. If like what players did in the all-star break or the all-star game counted as regular season stats. Like imagine a guy going into like, Halfway through the Major League Baseball season, he's got 20 home runs in the season. He goes in the home run derby, and he cranks out like 25. And then he comes back to start the second half of the season. He's like, all right, well, he's got 45 home runs in the season. Like That, that would be amazing <laughs> if, if they count those stats. They obviously don't, but it is cool because it does count towards all-star stats, and it counts towards the Seattle Kraken franchise. So now Eberly has blessed us with you know, the first ever to score the hat trick, first ever all-star selection, and now the first ever to score a goal. So, I mean, all all good things and what should be a really easy opponent on Wednesday coming up that the Kraken can take advantage of and keep fucking rolling. Well, we uh, will we'll outline the, the top scores um, in an NHL all-star history uh, in in the hockey history coming up a little bit later on. Uh, so Ebs, great game. Uh, dude, what was this? What was, the, what was the final score of the all-star game? When I don't, I don't yeah. even know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It would have been, been amazing if it was like one, nothing. And Eberly was the only one that scored. And like, that was the, that was the, <laughs> the difference maker. Obviously that's not the case. It's the all-star game, but yes. Oh, that's awesome. Well, cool. so, do we even need to go over the all-star? We didn't watch it. I mean, do we, besides, you know, watching the replay and seeing Ebs score. And I was actually, I saw it on Twitter. Uh, full context. I was at a, uh, uh, our neighbor's, uh, daughter's birthday party with my kids. And, um, I was like, damn, the all-star game's on right now. Uh, well, and there's beer involved. So I had a beer, uh, and uh, just didn't get to watch the game. So it was full on parenting mode. So that's my excuse. Um, <laughs> I was hungover. <laughs> you know, look. Uh, well, I, I, spent, I spent the rest of the weekend actually like deep cleaning the house and like sanding and climbing doors and shit. So, you know what? There's a legitimate excuse for not watching everything. And I did catch the highlights, but no, I don't think it's worth uh, anything covering too much unless uh, Hughes did something with his backward hat on because apparently he's the face of the league because his personality is so cool. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to go into that. Uh, last last thing about the All-Star game to say is, did you see what Tyreek Hill did from the Kansas oh City Chiefs? Oh, my God. That was the worst beer chug of all time. Please. I, I'm, put, I'm using chug very loosely. I'm using air quotes right now. Well. Fucking so weak, man. The, 
the uh, the Pro Bowl is in Las Vegas, right? So all the NFL players are around. Tyreek Hill from the Chiefs, who's you know super fast. They interviewed him um, in the middle of the game, and actually, it was funny. Is Roman Yossi actually scored a goal in the middle of this interview? But the whole thing's epic because he. You know, she's the interviewer. I, I don't have her name, but she's like interviewing him. He's like, are you having a good time? And he like just basically, yeah, I'm having a good time. And then he takes he has two beers in his hand. He slams them together like Stone Cold Steve Austin drenches himself. And then he challenged he challenged. um, Wait, who was it? Um, who, Usain Bolt. He challenged Usain Bolt to a that. race. Yeah. So you got to it's it's hilarious. So there's I didn't see that. I saw I saw him, quote unquote, chug the beer. So when he smashes them together like Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm -hmm. he opens his mouth and he tilts the beers upside down. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if there's like a gust of wind in the building or what, but literally all that happened was he showered himself with beer. All of it went either directly onto his face. None went into his mouth, like not a single ounce of beer went into his mouth. And the rest <laughs> got like blown to the side. And then he like slammed them down. Like he just got done chugging two tall boys when in reality he didn't do jack shit. And then he's like, let's go chief. So I'm like, that's the reason why Joe Burrow beat your ass. I'm uh, yep. That's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm looking at a screenshot of, of it um, from CBSports.com, and they captured it perfectly. And it's funny is the beers are smashed and the beer is pouring down his face. And the only part of his face that you can see is his mouth. Because he completely misses his mouth with all the beer. <laughs> it was the worst. It was the worst uh, beer chugging I have ever seen. He should be embarrassed. Uh, and again, it's why I believe the Chiefs got knocked out of the, the playoffs by Joe Burrow. Because you're going to show up and do some faux shit like that. You deserve to get beat. All right. So All-Star Game Weekend, All-Star Weekend is behind us. It was pretty cool. I think it's uh, – where did they – they announced where it was going to be next year. Shoot. Is it in Phoenix? Oh, man. I, I don't know. Me. Yeah. We are on top of it. We didn't watch the All-Star Game. I don't know where this, <laughs> the facts. We are – thank you for listening to this hockey podcast, loose, this loosely based hockey podcast. But let's get into the Kraken. I'm excited to have the Kraken come back. We should go backwards before the All-Star Game break and talk about the Kraken. We had a couple of games last week uh, against the Bruins and the Islanders. We'll start with the Bruins game because uh, it was a tight game. They uh, lose to the Bruins three to two. What did you think? Uh, I thought the game was kind of bullshit. I, I thought that if this game, I thought this game wasn't played in their barn, that the Kraken would have won it, honestly. And for a couple of reasons. One, that call on Yanni Gord even though they took it from a major to a minor, the fact that they call that a minor is complete bullshit. First off, Yanni Gord stands all of five foot nine. Um, he is not known as a dirty player. He is not a dirty player. He is certainly not a headhunter. But if you get checked like that by a five foot nine dude and you can't protect your own head, that's on fucking you. So I was annoyed that he got called um, on uh, on the minor there. There was also, like, I, I referred to it as the ghost tripping call against Johansson uh, that allowed Pasternak to score on the Bruins power play that made it 1-0. Um, and then fucking Riley Sheehan. Such a love-hate relationship with this guy. Um, there's just some moments where he has, like, some serious, like, forehead slap plays. He like, I mean, he mishandles his own puck on what was the softest fucking pass I've ever seen right in front of his own net and literally gives it to a defender who just is like, okay, cool. And then puts it in the back of the net to make it two nothing Bruins. It was not looking good. Um, you know, at that point, the Kraken also were not taking advantage of the power play. Colored me shocked. In fact, there was uh, at one point during the game, 
where I made a note of a stat on the last 31 power play chances. The Kraken have scored two goals against that. I also thought that they were legitimately uh, trolling the Kraken because if you noticed it, the Boston organist was playing lithium. Did you notice that? I did not. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were playing lithium on the organs there. And I'm not going to lie. It was kind of fucking cool. It, it made me it made me wish that, like, we had an organist at a at Climate Pledge Arena. But I understand how that kind of doesn't fit with the culture there. Anyways, long story short, I've gone through all the negative here. Don Scoy scored his first goal of the season. So we need to give Donnie the credit for that. Because he finally broke the fucking seal. Uh, and 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 he and he scores his first goal of the season. Uh, Appleton follows it up. He has an he has equalizer on a tip, and then um, later on in the game, Giordano does some stupid shit. They call a tripping penalty, <laughs> which I also didn't think was a tripping penalty. I thought the guy was trying to make a turn and he couldn't skate for shit, so he fell down, and it was called tripping on Giordano, uh, and uh, that ended up resulting in the power play for the Bruins that they again took advantage of. So it's one of those games where I don't believe the Kraken lose this game if it's in their own barn. And I also just, I don't know. It was one of those things where it's like, this is kind of Kraken shit where the Kraken are finding ways to beat themselves. They're putting themselves in position to have to be on the PK and, uh, and it just, it wasn't good. And they, and they can't convert on their own power plays and, you know, between that and Shea and mishandling the puck in front of the net and giving it to a defender to just give them a goal, the Kraken are not going to win. And despite all of those things happening, walked away feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a, it was a good game. And we've said it now the, the past couple of episodes is the Kraken seem to be in a good groove of being competitive. And while they still make mistakes, they at least are having positives get close to outweigh the negatives. So they're close. And, you know, I hate the Bruins. Uh, uh, Boston sports teams always drive me crazy. The Bruins, especially, I don't like them. So I know you hate Chicago. Um, yep. I, I know you hate the devils. I'm going to take the Bruins as, as my cracking uh, rivalry, just because of all the BS that happened there. And I do think that it's like a lot of, you know, the fact that they're trolling. I mean, you know, like the, that mass hole approach to life where everything's just like, you know, razzing, razzing, razzing. But if you screw with them, you know, they can't really take it. So, um, you know, they're the I, fucking same across the board. The Patriots fans are the same way. Just a bunch of baby back bitches. I'll say it right here. I don't care. Well, so uh, I actually have some friends who are Bruins fans. They're from Boston. So uh, they probably, yeah, I, they probably bitch a lot. And then they uh, do when they're doing it to you. They do. Well, the, the, the Kraken are supposed to play the Bruins again um, towards the end of the month in Seattle. So I would like to see that be a revenge game and come back and show them what's up. So that'd be great. So we lose three to two, some solid effort there uh, going into the very next night, the last game before the all-star break against the Islanders and the Islanders, one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, so going into it, you know, we thought good things would happen and good things did happen. Uh, Philip Grubauer snags the first shutout in Seattle crack in history. They beat the Islanders three to nothing. Um, a lot of Twitter action around this game uh, <laughs> on Twitter at Kraken Pod Sports Center, who we trolled, uh, sent out a picture, a photo congratulating Philip Grubauer on his uh, shutout. And uh, he said, Congrats to Philip Grubauer. But they used a picture of Driggs. <laughs> this is why it blows my mind that sports center is still relevant or like hanging on for dear life because they do shit like this it's like there's no it's like some poor intern somewhere is just being tasked with like firing off tweets rapid fire they don't give a shit if it's correct or not and they never went back or they never apologized and never you know deleted the tweet and then retweeted a new photo 
they just completely left it up there and said, fuck it. I mean, I don't know. Jeff, is this a thing that happens in the hockey world where even like these major programs like ESPN and SportsCenter will do stuff like this where it's kind of like a slap in the face to the sport and to the player, right, in this particular circumstance, and they don't even try to backtrack it or anything? I think, you know, to go full conspiracy method here and, and mode is I, I I did dissect it a little bit. And the fact that they didn't address it or take it down uh, made me believe that that was intended. And the reason why is they uh, and I'm talking, you know, from a social media perspective, because that's where I eat, sleep, breathe uh, for, for my day job. Yeah, um, I think they did it because if you think about it, you know, if sports centers tweeting about football, the NFL, you know, there's going to be a lot of reaction there. If they're tweeting about basketball, a lot of reaction, baseball, a lot of reaction, hockey, you know, not, not so much. So uh, a, a view is a view. An engagement is an engagement. A comment is a comment. And uh, one of the, the number, the best thing you can do in social media, if you're talking about social media for business or social media for an organization or social media for somebody like ESPN is get people to talk to you or share your content and w- would the average Joe Schmo or, you know, Jill Schmo care about retweeting a Philip Grubauer uh, shutout, you know, tweet? No, but no, you know, that got a lot of attention from people like us. They, you know, they, they, they pushed our button and it worked. They, they, I think they trolled us. I think they trolled us for the views. And I think that's what's going on a lot. You know, this shouldn't, this isn't a social media podcast, but uh, I think that's happening a lot. And there's going to be a lot of that. I think, you know, when big brands used to say, oh, it was the intern that did it, that sort of stuff. I honestly think most stuff, most stuff that happens that's like, whoa, that's crazy. Did you just see that Wendy's did that or did that? You know, most stuff is completely planned. So there's big, 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 big budgets behind that sort of stuff. And I'm sorry, but, you know, Sports Center. Now, maybe maybe we'll hear the story one day and it's like, oh, yeah, I just screwed that up and I wasn't going to take it down. But I, I think it was all planned. So, yeah, well, you that, know what? Fuck them because we trolled them even better. Because after after the game, there was the photo of uh, Chris Drieger, who actually did propose to his girlfriend uh, while they were in Boston for the Bruins game and tweeted out that photo and said, Congratulations to Philip Grubauer on his engagement. Which, uh, you know, a lot of people understood the joke and some people didn't like it too much. And that's too bad because they can't take a joke. I well, will say that was good, man. Props to you. Thank you. I will say this is a great uh, statistic that Mike Mike Benton threw up on Twitter right after the game uh, since January seventeenth. So over the past seven games, Philip Grubauer is five and two with a point nine one eight save percentage and a two point one four goals against average per game. So yeah, I would say that he's you know starting to figure things out. The pads are certainly helping out, but the team coming together is the biggest thing. Like as much as you and I have joked around about him switching up the pads and pulling a Sergei Bobrovsky, he actually, which he actually went and did, but the team coming together is what's really kind of um, helping him perform and, and be the goalie that we know he can be, which is what you and I have been saying, um, you know, throughout the podcast is that when this team gets better, he will also get better because they keep putting him and, you know, also Driggs and decor when he got called up in these horrible circumstances where they're turning the puck over in front of the net. They're not playing defense, et cetera, et cetera. They're giving up all these, you know, high percentage uh, shots to the opposing team. Well, they're starting to tighten up and figure things out. And it's no surprise, really that this was the first ever shutout in Kraken in Kraken history and it went to Grubauer because as we talked about last week, this team, the Islanders, are the worst goal scoring team in the NHL. So it's a perfect fit 
for us to go in there and handle business like this. So if you listen to the pod and you put some money on it, you're welcome because we just gave you some free money. <laughs> well, the, the, it was uh, a great way to end the first half of the season and they beat a team that they should beat. And that's the sign of a, of a decent team. You know, mm-hmm. are we going to make the playoffs? No, unless like the world falls apart. Uh, but this team, like you just said, you nailed it. The chemistry is there. They are competitive in pretty much every single game and they're starting to win games that they're supposed to win. So I, I want to say this is I'm a little bummed about the all-star break and maybe I was a little bitter about not, you know, and that's why I didn't watch the games because I haven't been able to see my favorite Kraken player play in a while. Dunner. Vince Dunn. Not only is he smacking guys around and a badass physically and just a uh, physical defenseman, but he all of a sudden said, all right, I'm just going to dust off these, uh, these moves, these dangles. And he scored on a sweet backy. He revived. We hadn't seen a sweet backy in a long time. And he comes in from the blue line and just does a nice little dangle, fakes out that D man and just throws it up on the backhand and scores a sweet goal. And I was that- like, Oh, Holy shit. Look at Dunner. This is man. No, I got to order this Jersey like quick before everybody else starts beating me to it. <laughs> that Dunner, that sweet backy, which we need to copyright ASAP. It's blowing up just like cracking shit. But that sweet backy that he had was so incredibly, incredibly impressive because as you mentioned, while he's dangling, uh, he had like a reverse toe drag where it looked like he, he had like the puck, but it was in his weak hand and he already had it like on a backy and then like reversed it over to his strong side, but then still had to shoot it back onto the net. I'm like the amount of skill that that specific goal took was incredible. And that was for me, that was the goal of the game. We also have to give a shout out to uh, McCann canner again, because he had another goal um, off of a great four check and Johansson was the one who assisted, assisted him on that. And I made a note that uh, McCann, three goals and four assists over his last six games. And his assist on Appleton's goal for this game was the 100th of his career. And that kind of got lost in the moment because, he, again, he scored. And then Marcus Johansson, who I just mentioned had the assist on the McCann goal, has five assists and six points over his last six games as well. So these guys are starting to come alive. Um, there's, again, they're starting to play really well together. Uh, the defense is stepping it up. They're starting to figure out ways to score. And then it's also being reflected because, you know, Guru Bauer is more confident. He's uh, he's playing great in front of the net, and the team is feeding off of him and off of them, and it's all good things. And Yeah, I am sad. It does feel like it's been way too long since the Kraken have played, and I'm excited to see them get back going. And I want to see them go out on Wednesday and beat the living shit out of Arizona. Well, Arizona's just trash. Uh, last thing I want to say about that game is after that game, it inspired uh, Shady Lady Cakes on Twitter, uh, Vince Dunn cult leader, um, to to <laughs> create, I think, our first ever inspired uh, Kraken Pod fan art. Uh, she made this sweet graphic with sweet backy on it. Yes. And uh, Ebbs, you know, Ebbs is in it, and he inspired the sweet, the sweet backy, which is pretty cool. Um, and she did this really awesome thing. I just retweeted it in the middle of uh, recording this podcast again because I love it so much. We really have to make these sweet backy shirts. So we're, we're working on it. The, the people uh, we're working on land locking in the t-shirt company right now. So you made the call. Was, you made the call. You made the call. We're trying to lock in a local t-shirt company here to to streamline everything. So this isn't a thing that we're just saying. We promise. So we are currently working on. It. But yes, I agree. That fan art was incredible. I wish I had like an ounce of talent to do something like that. Instead, I just, uh, you know, 
once a week, have a hockey podcast where I talk a lot of shit. So. Yeah. Well, Hey, look, that's not, not a bad deal. So, <laughs> so the, uh, the, the week starts up again, uh, real soon. Uh, we are going to play against the Arizona coyotes this coming Wednesday night. And they are really bad. And they've got just some, like so many distractions. I don't know if you heard, but like next season, they're, they're, they're basically leaving, um, their current arena. Um, there was news earlier in the year. I don't know if you followed any of that where like they couldn't basically, they couldn't pay rent. And so now they had to find, they have to find another spot. So I, I'm pretty sure they're playing at um, Arizona state because they have a hockey team. Okay. And they're going to play It's like a 5,000 seat arena. They're going to play in next year. So it's like, first of all, <sighs> where will the Arizona coyotes go to next? Like what, what, what will the next expansion team be? Um, and I actually, so a side note is we should look, there's really not much to talk about with the coyotes. We got to beat them, right? We have to beat them. Cause it's also too at climate pledge arena. So like you cannot let Arizona come to climate pledge arena and beat us with the trash that they got. So the other thing though, is um, I was talking, you know, we're talking about going to uh, Houston over mm-hmm. uh, Mardi Gras school, school break. Cause Mardi Gras uh, is coming up soon and kids are out of school here in Louisiana um, because of Mardi Gras season. So like, you know, that's Ash Wednesday, uh, Mardi Gras day or where you're at. Maybe you know it as fat Tuesday. Um, anyway, I was checking out some Houston stuff. I was like, you know, I think they have hockey there. I think they have a minor league team and I was looking it up and the minor league team I think is defunct, but, but there is a Twitter account just like the Twitter account that brought Seattle, helped bring Seattle to uh, the Kraken to Seattle. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's like bring, you know, it's like bring the NHL to, to Houston and um, Houston for a long time has been the subject of rumors of getting another uh, NHL team. Cause they have hockey there. You know, Texas has a decent hockey scene. And um, so that's, that's out there. So long story short is we're going to play the coyotes this week. This is a must win Kraken have They have got to win this game. They have to come in and, t- and handle business. If they handle business against the coyotes, um, then they picked up where they left off and I'm on board. If we lose against the coyotes, then Everything is in disarray. Everything's nuts. I think literally like something's going on. Something's up. I honestly think the Coyotes game is a huge game for the Kraken. So you, I think you've got to beat this dumpster fire of a hockey team. And long story short is, will, will there be uh, uh, the Coyotes you know, in a different city in the next couple of years? We'll see. I believe so. And yeah, you're right. The, uh, the owner was in like a million and a half in debt. Uh, to the city of Glendale, where their current location is. And it's really funny. I was actually reading about some of the past history there. And the owner, when they were scouting out a place for the Coyotes to play, he had two options. One was in Scottsdale, and the other was in, Ari- and it was in, Glen- was in Glendale. And he opted to go with Glendale in order to save money, which is the worst move possible because all of the money in that particular area is actually in Scottsdale, and it's only like a 25-minute drive away uh, over to Glendale, but the Scottsdale folks have not jumped on the team. Uh, I don't know if they feel slighted or also the team hasn't been good. I mean, they even, you know, hire Wayne Gretzky as their head coach for four seasons and that didn't do the trick. And uh, they've traded away all their good players and tried to rebuild. And the team is just completely falling apart. And yeah, they're going to be playing like a 5,000 capacity arena. So the team is a fucking dumpster fire. And it really bothers me because we have played them once this season. It was November 6th which is my birthday and the air and the Arizona coyotes spoiled it. And, That's they beat right. the Kraken, and they beat the Kraken five to four. And it was really upsetting because Grubauer was also a net at the time. We also knew that Arizona was still the worst team in the league. It's still applicable to this day. And the Kraken somehow found a way 
to lose that game. I don't expect this result to be the same. I do expect the Kraken to win. Um, this team is different. Guru Bauer is certainly different. And like you said, I also I do believe that it's also a very important game because we got to come off the All Star break. We got to get that win because the very next game, which is on Friday, is at Anaheim, and they have fucking owned us so far this season. Yeah, yeah. So must win game. I'm watching that game intensely against the Coyotes. And then, yeah, the Ducks. Ducks are a good team. They're, um, you know, they, they keep rising up. They're doing pretty solid. They're like on the fringe of being a playoff team. There, they got young talent, like we talked about. Zegers is, uh, um, you know, should have won the uh, the shootout thing, the whatever that was called. So they've they've got solid goaltending. It's going to be tough. Uh, I hope that you know we beat the Coyotes and then go into Anaheim. And then it doesn't get any easier either because coming back to Climate Pledge Arena, the Leafs come to town. Uh, they were supposed to play at Climate Pledge a couple of weeks back or a month or so ago, and that's that got canceled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So that's that's going to be tough too because the Leafs are a top team in the NHL. Tons of scoring, goaltending's phenomenal, all-star goalie, <laughs> yes. just you know, just full of talent. Um, now it's funny too, is I did see some more, um, Twitter stuff is I forgot who it was, but somebody was super pumped and can't wait for you, Joey, to see playoff hockey, um, in the NHL, which is really mm-hmm. awesome. And there's some teams that historically just fall apart, uh, like the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've been cursed for a long time. They just can't make it happen. So, yeah. you know, the Leafs, you know, strong here in the regular season and, you know, they're looking fantastic. But, you know, the wheels could fall off come come playoff time. But long story short, that doesn't matter now because, you know, we're not even in March yet and we're going to play the Kraken. So on Valentine's Day, by the way. Oh, nice. I didn't even I didn't even pay attention to that. It's, I, a, thinking it's about Valentine's it. Day. Oh, no. Well, yeah, I would love I would that. love for the Kraken to take care of the Leafs. And uh, there's a lot of notes here. But one I, I wanted to share is Jack Campbell, who just won the, the goalie competition at the All-Star break. Um, he ha- he is like the definition of standing on his head. He's been doing it. He's been doing it all season. So some statistics for him that stood out to me. He's got four shutouts on the season. That's second in the NHL. His save percentage is a point nine two five. That's fifth in the NHL. He gives up two point three uh, goals. That's his goals against average per game. That's seventh in the NHL. And he's twenty one six and three on the season, which is also seventh in the NHL. Um, he's a top ten slash top five goalie. Uh, the Kraken are going to have to get good shots on net. They're going to have to set screens. Um, if we can just continue learning from Yanni Gord, who is excellent at doing all the small things the right way and find a way to beat this team. Then also, obviously, Austin Matthews. He's just a fucking beast. He's one of the best players in the NHL. He's got 29 goals in the season. That is third in the league, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, they're a really good team. And uh, and hopefully, like you said, the, the game against Arizona is going to be a big one because that's going to hopefully get things going on the right foot. We'll see what happens in Anaheim, but then the Kraken have to take care of business at home against Toronto. Now, what time is that game against Anaheim? I mean, it's it's obviously on the on the well, West Coast. So for West us, Coast. Like 9, 15, 9, 30 p.m. start time, which is so fucking brutal. I mean, yeah, those games starting at seven o'clock on the West Coast for us, they don't end until what? Midnight, 1230. Uh-huh. Well, here's here's another thing that sucks is I'm going to be I'm going to be going back and forth because mm. that is uh, a big, big, big game. Have you watched any Olympic hockey yet? No, I have not. OK, so this week's big tonight. You know, we're recording this right now. It's Monday tonight. Um, I think at nine central, it's either 10 or nine central, uh, the ladies, the U S ladies take on Canada. Okay. Canada has been on a roll. The ladies are, you know, they won gold last Olympics, our team, the United States, the good guys, the good people, the United <laughs> States, uh, beat Canada. And, um, you know, so but Canada's like 
on a roll crazy. So the ladies play tonight against Canada. The men start playing, and again, no NHL players, but some former NHL players, and and it's a young, young team, which I love because U.S. hockey is getting really good. Yeah. Um, they, they play China on Thursday night, which should you know be not a problem. But on Friday night, same time as the Kraken Ducks game, pretty sure they play Canada. So that's going to be fr- planned for Friday night to be an epic hockey night. That's a mega hockey night. Well, you know what? That game is on ESPN plus the cracking game is. And the, so you can watch the Olympics on the TV and then have the laptop next to you and watch the cracking game. So it's going to be some hockey multitasking uh, yep. this coming up week. And I'm very excited for it. Good call. I'm pointing that out because I didn't even look at the schedules and how they overlap. That's a really big deal. Well, I hope that with uh, it is a big deal, and I hope that the ladies tonight can beat Canada. They looked a little. They they Canada's outscored in the first two games. I haven't watched them in the last day or so, but in their first two games, they uh, the women outscored their opponents like twenty four to two. Okay, so they're pretty decent. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Also, you know, the U.S. Uh, Olympic team, the women's team, lost their um, assistant captain is Brittany. I forget her name, but she got hurt. She's out. So, like, you know, she was a uh, big time scorer too. So, like, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna watch the women's game tonight. Which is, this is just cool. like when the Kraken lost Tana for the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally sucks. Yep, absolutely. I know, and that you forget too. Like back to the Kraken, you forget. You know, Turbo's not even here, and the Kraken is. You know, getting it together. So I hope also Alexiak. I mean, the yeah, you know, yeah. he's been on the non-COVID, you know, illness-related, uh, whatever IR for a hot minute now, and no mm-hmm. one really, you know, it's hockey, so there's all there's all speculation, but no one really knows what's going on with him. Like, if we can get the big rig back and get you know get the guys up and healthy again, like who knows how this team could be playing? I really missed him during the game in Boston. By the way, I was really thinking when I was watching them go after Gord like that right after the face-off when they were screaming that that should be deserving of a major. Uh, but meanwhile, they can fucking root for Brad Marchand. They can root for him all fucking day. Like he's hockey Jesus, but then a five foot nine guy gives a clean check. And all of a sudden we have problems. I was really missing the big rig in that moment. Yeah, I know you're right. You're exactly right. We need to, that grit, but maybe when they uh, come back around, you know, we'll see what happens. So absolutely, the Bruins, I got it, uh, you know, in, in shock there on the 24th, they're coming back around. So we'll see what goes on. All right. So with, with that, um, we did get, you know, so many great tweets, um, uh, at Kraken pod on Twitter. We spent a lot of time on Twitter. It was awesome. And what happens on this show is something we like to call no dumb questions. Okay. So what that means is obviously if you've, if you've listened to this show before, we are not stat driven. We're passionate about the Kraken. We're passionate about watching hockey. You know, we're learning about hockey and just kind of sharing stories about hockey and living that hockey life, right? So if you don't know everything about hockey or you're new to hockey because of the crack and being new to the NHL, it's okay. Like, ask us the question. Do not be afraid to ask a dumb question. We're just going to answer it for you. We're not going to make you hang your head in shame like some other podcasts would because they totally do, not us. (laughs) We like to answer these questions that you tweet and email to us and ask on Facebook in a segment called No Dumb Questions. So what is our No Dumb Question question this week, Joey? The question is from Aaron Hahn, and uh, he is at cloud-based Aaron on Twitter. I want to give him a shout-out because he's definitely one of the uh, originals that followed us and listens to the pod. But his yep. question is, and this was kind of answered, and I, I've also have started to notice, and I'm sure you have too, is that now when people are tweeting us no dumb questions, other accounts are jumping in and kind of giving brief explanations. This was very briefly explained on Twitter, which is fine. I mean, there's a character limit there for a reason, but... 
I wanted to bring up this question again so we could talk a little bit more about it to give some more context around it. And the question is, why did Tom Wilson get booed at the All-Star game? He did. He got booed at the All-Star game. In, in, multiple times. Every time in, he, was, he was introduced, just rains of boos. Yeah, uh, it's, it was in Las Vegas. And, you know, the simple answer is Tom Wilson is, is regarded, and I'm pretty sure we talked about him when we talked with the dirtiest players ever in the NHL um, a couple of weeks back on the podcast because Tom Wilson is um, he's one of those guys where if he's on your team, you absolutely love him. If he's not on your team, you hate him because he's known to be kind of dirty. He's a defenseman, and um, he's big, he's tough, he's strong, and he knocks the shit out of people and sometimes kind of does it does it dirty so there is a history going back a few years between tom wilson and some golden knights which is why the fans remember and they're a very passionate fan base in las vegas and that's really the short explanation as to why tom wilson was booed because golden knights fans hate him because of some shit that he's done on the ice being a dirty badass yeah and not only with specific you know, specific to that franchise. And obviously the Vegas Golden Knight fans, they do not forget. But it was Jonathan Marcheseau. And I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly because I fucking correct his name. Okay. That's a tough one, man. That's a, I, I actually you looked know what, it up. You know what for that was living in New Orleans. All the, uh, like the French down here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, when I see that, I, I think Marcheseau. Uh, but uh, it was in the Stanley Cup Finals in 2018. And it was then that he delivered what can only be described as a blindside hit to Jonathan Marcheseau, who, again, is, um, you know, the best player and top scorer on the Vegas Golden Knights. And because of it, um, the hit being so brutal, uh, Marcheseau actually ended up leaving the game and Wilson was not punished at all. And he has instances like that over his career where he he's a dirty player. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it because he does. And I went and watched a bunch of his, of his quote unquote highlight reels or whatever you want to refer to them as. Um, it's pretty brutal because he goes out of his way. Like when he sees, he's like the equivalent of if you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. So if you give this guy any kind of room to lay a hit on you, he's going to absolutely take you out. Now I, I would suggest that people go out there and, um, and look up some, some history with him because it's really fascinating and to, and to what you said and, and to give you credit, he is one of those guys that if you're playing against him, you fucking hate him. I mean, he's, he's dirty. You're worried. He's going to hurt your guys. You know, for a fact that he's out there and he's looking and he's looking to hurt people. However, he's also one of those guys where if you are, if he's on your team, you are absolutely in love with him. The reality is if he were on the Kraken, he probably would be my favorite player. And there was an interesting quote uh, from the Washington Post, which you can take, you know, with a grain of salt because he plays for the Caps. So there's, you know, some home, uh, some homerage going on there. But uh, a quote from the Washington Post said, the boos that greeted Wilson at the NHL's showcase event were expected. Wilson's pass is littered with questionable hits that have drawn ire from fan bases across the league. His reputation largely stems from his five suspensions and a handful of fines in his nine-year NHL career. And what I thought was really fascinating about that was they actually went on to talk to different players that were with him uh, at the all-star game and at the all-star break. So this is, by the way, this is his, this is Wilson's first ever all-star appearance. So he's really excited. And it's not because he is a hard hitter. He has, he's tuned his game now. Like he's a legitimate scoring threat. Like he's got an all around game now where he's scoring, he's assisting, but guess what? He'll still fuck you up. Like if he gives, if he, if he has an opportunity to hit you, he will hit you. And here's an actual quote from Jordan Eberly, which I thought was really fascinating regarding Wilson. 
And Jordan Ebley said, Wilson is a player you need to be aware of on the ice because you are scared that he is going to hit you, but he has also developed into an elite goal scorer and an elite playmaker. He really has the full package. Those are the guys that you want on your team that you are going to win everything with. I think that style of play, there is not so much of it anymore, but those are the guys you really want on your team when it comes down to the playoffs. Jeff, how do you feel about Wilson? So basically what's going on is this is, you know, like that kid that you hated in high school and you guys like were rivals, but maybe you weren't rivals, but you just hated each other and kind of irrational. Maybe something happened. Maybe there was some, some incident that happened. Right. And you kind of follow along, um, you know, on Facebook or whatever to see their life as they go. And you're like, I hate that dude. I can't stand that. I was, I've always hated that guy, but I'm, you know, I'm friends with him on uh, Facebook cause that's just how it works. Um, and then you like just hope that the guy just you know has a you know, a regular life doesn't do anything fantastic. But then you see that like oh man he just sold a company and and uh, he's he's now a millionaire and you're like damn it, I, I can't believe that guy had success and is even even like worse and he's doing better than you know than me or whatever you know and that's kind of the same way with with uh with Tom Wilson and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights fans because you know yes he's been a, a great defenseman. And he's been a dirty player and somebody you'd love having your team. But, and that's that there was a rivalry because he's, you know, dirty and he, that hit in the cup finals. And maybe that was part of the reason why they lost to the Capitals in the cup finals in their first season. But now, now he's in the all-star game because he's not only a badass, not only a great defenseman um, and people love him, but now he's scoring. So like you're seeing your enemy, uh, succeed in life. And that's just like, that sucks. You don't want to see that at all. You want them to fail and like be out of the league in a year. So um, I, I love those storylines. I don't have, I have, I feel neutral on him personally until he does something terrible against, you know, our Kraken or let's say a, a Detroit Red Wing or something like that. But other uh-huh. than that, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I love the storyline. Anytime there's passionately some sort of feud or rivalry in the game. And like, it's more than just a hockey game between a fan base and teams. That's where the magic happens. And that's when people who aren't really into hockey or are like laissez-faire fans, they really get into it and they watch it because, Oh man, I got to see this matchup. So I say more of that. I, I hope Tom Wilson keeps bashing people, um, you know, outside of uh cracking players. Um, I say just, you know, grow the game by growing rivalries and continuing to score and pissing off Vegas Golden Knights fans, which I'm happy about, too. So, no, I'm all for that, too. And it's actually funny that you bring up the Kraken because I wanted to see how I could tie this in right to the Seattle Kraken, not only with the Jordan Eberle quote. So I looked at some of his past hits that have caused, you know, some massive controversy around the NHL or like demonstrated to people across the league how he's a dirty player. April 2018. So this is a month before the hit on Marcia Uh, that takes him out of the game. He leaves his feet and throws an elbow to the face of none other than our boy, Alex Wenberg, AKA Wenny. He actually took him out uh, when they were playing. This is the first, first round of the playoffs. Wenny at the time was with the Columbus blue jackets. Um, Ultimately he was giving only a charging minor. There was a hearing that was lined up, but the Department of Player Safety ultimately gave up, saying that they could not determine if the head was the main point of contact. But if you just YouTube the YouTube the play, it was April. Alex Wenberg uh, takes a hit from Wilson, and um, he legitimately leaves his skates and drives an elbow into the head of Wenny, who was uh, pretty defenseless, and it's fucked up. And the crazy part is, is that Ovi was on the other side sandwiching him because they are known to tag team some dudes together. And 
it was a pretty dirty hit. And he has, again, demonstrated this throughout his career. So uh, Kraken fans, if you're looking for a reason to <laughs> to not like him, just watch that replay and watch him, uh, you know, hurt Wenny's pretty face with a flying fucking elbow when he leaves his skates. It's pretty brutal. I need to do some Tom Wilson research because I'm wondering if his devotion to becoming a better goal scorer has um, maybe he's matured a little bit, or at least he doesn't want to have all that be a distraction. So I haven't really necessarily heard his name a lot lately, but that doesn't mean things have happened that I just completely missed. So I'm wondering yeah. if he's less of a cheap shot guy and now he's more finesse um, and maybe he's kind of like evolved in his game. Well, um, maybe. And what, what I found this, the number one thing I found most interesting while I'm doing research, I noticed that he's doing this hits preseason and like also Stanley Cup finals like like it literally doesn't matter the context of the game if you give him an opening he's going to take you out in fact it was against St. Louis and I don't remember the year I don't have it in front of me but he blindsided a player so hard they gave him a 20 game suspension before the season even started oh yeah like that's and this so again he's doing this in the preseason he's doing it in the Stanley Cup finals so he's just a guy that you know if he's on the ice like Eberly said you have to keep an eye out for him because he knows he's going to hurt you and to your point yes he has um you know he's rounded out his game he's scoring now he's in he's at the all-star uh break um maybe he has matured or maybe he just hasn't put up a highlight hit in a couple of months and we're forgetting about it so we'll see but he's a guy to track i'm feeling this because i'm on the same page with dunner right now i'm feeling dunner uh, coming in this week and doing something awesome that we love, but another team hates. So I think he's going to capitalize on that. Like Dunn's reign as the, my favorite Kraken player will continue. Uh, and I think he's going to channel that. And my prediction is this week, he's going to do something nasty to somebody. We're going to eat it up. It'll be great. Oh, absolutely. I'm all for it, man. Like, like I said, he's the guy that, you know, you, you hate to play against, but if he's on your team, you're absolutely in love with it. So. Great, great um, uh, question for No Dumb Questions. So thank you for that question. And if you've got one, share one with us on Twitter or on Facebook. Across social media, we're known as at Pod. You can also send us an email, um, and that'll be easier to come by once we have a website, which we'll work on that. Uh, well, we have SeattleCrackinPodcast at gmail.com. So people perfect. can send us an email. So there you go. Which, by the way, I, I wanted to start reaching out to like the Kraken and seeing if like, why not just take a take a shot? Like maybe we can get some equipment manager on the show or something like that. But like to, for an interview, would they get pissed if they saw the secret, the Seattle Kraken podcast at gmail.com? Be like, that sounds like something we should totally have you stop using. I don't know. All I know is that I'm down. I'm down for that. As long as the equipment manager isn't 10 years old with a horrible shot. Oh God, man. You gotta let, like, <laughs> you, you gotta let that go, man. You gotta leave that kid alone. The devil, the devil's equipment manager is going to go. He'll be our first interview on the show. And he's just going to F bomb you. I'm just a Trevor defender because he deserved more points in that little bullshit magic trick. Okay. Uh, man, I hope you're, de- I hope you're uh, passionate. Um, uh, fend- you know, defending Travis Zegras doesn't, you know, go against us when we're playing the Ducks, man. If we lose, it's your fault. I'm telling you. No, Practice. if we lose, it's going to be because of him because the Ducks absolutely destroy us. They're so fast and they have our number. But here's the thing. They've already beaten us twice this season. It's really hard to beat a team three times. So I'm really hoping the Kraken can end that. I would think so. The law of uh, averages. So this is, we yes. talked about this a big week. The Kraken are back. We've got Olympic hockey going on. And of course, the, the big games going on too. There is uh, a huge, 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 epically awesome. The first Super Bowl I'm excited about in a uh, very long time happening this coming Sunday. 
Um, I, I mean, I'm all in on the Bengals. I think they're going to totally destroy the Rams. The Rams are like, are so boring. Everything, everything about the Super Bowl that I'm seeing is Bengals, 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 Joe Burrow, Joe, Jamar Chase, just the story that I think America wants the Bengals to win. Um, and somebody else who's excited about it too is DraftKings Sportsbook. And you should be excited because, you know, they're partners with the Hockey Podcast Network, which we're part of, and we are proud supporters of them. So they are ready for you to make an amazing super bet this weekend as they are the sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. They're giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers get a free shot at $1 million uh, with their uh, first deposit. And if you download the sports, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN Tennessee red line. 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Look, gambling addiction is nothing to mess around with, man. So uh, make sure you watch out for that, okay? So with the All-Star Game this past weekend, to an honor of Ebb scoring the first ever Seattle Kraken goal in the All-Star Game, I figured we'd just go over a few quick notes for the All-Star Game. Real quick, can you guess who the all-time leading scorer in all-star history is can you take a wild guess who is it come on man that's not that's not fair you know i don't have the hockey knowledge i'm just gonna i don't know ovi no it's got it's easy easy think easier than that this is like a this is a softball who 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 has the most just pretty much every record in the nhl so wayne gretzky wayne gretzky 25 points uh in all-star history uh he's played an 18 he played an 18 all-star games now, this is kind of cool. Is looking at the stats, the all-time stats is, and this is kind of put, putting things in perspective. Um, you know, Mario Lemieux, you know, we don't talk about Mario Lemieux often. You know, he was marred by injury, lots of injury over the course of his career. You know, he beat, he, he retired to fight cancer, beat it, came back. Amazing, awesome story. Really cool. Um, and he is, uh, I think he's a part owner of, of the, of the Pittsburgh Penguins right now, but if Mario Lemieux could have stayed healthy, you know, some say that he could have rivaled Wayne Gretzky um, for like all time points. And he was that good. Like they were both that good. Um, so Mario Lemieux second, 23 points, Joe Sackick, who was the captain of the Colorado avalanche for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, these are the years that I absolutely hated, hated, hated the avalanche, but I always respected Joe Sackick because he was kind of a, um, uh, quiet yet fierce leader. Um, great captain kind of reminded me of, of Steve Eisman. Um, and they played at the same time. So he's, he had, he has 22 points. Uh, Gordy Howe up there too. Um, uh, Red Wings legend, hockey legend, uh, with 19. And then there's been a few, like 
cool moments in the NHL All-Star game too. Um, like way back in the day, like Wayne Gretzky, uh, he, he scored the most goals in one period in an all-star game. Um, he scored four goals in a game back in 1983. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he did it all in the third period. So, and he, that's how he got the all-star MVP that year, which is pretty cool. Um, Mario Lemieux has scored the most points in a single all-star game, three goals and three assists. This was in 1988. Uh, so like the mid the mid eighties and the late eighties were kind of ra- ruled and reigned by um, Wayne Gretzky and Marlon Mew. Um, and then one cool moment too, this is kind of neat. Is like it's always kind of cool in any All Star game when like the home, you know, the hometown All Star does really well. Um, Owen Nolan, who played in the league for a long time, this is a name that you know is not very recognizable to fans of today. But like back in my day, he was like you know probably a top twenty player, big time tough guy, goal scorer. Um, he played for the Sharks, uh, and he went to the All-Star game uh, for the Sharks in 1997, and he won the MVP. But what was cool about it is uh, he had a hat trick, right? He had a hat trick in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, what was And it's an all-time moment. You can look it up. It's pretty neat. Is uh, He got a breakaway. Uh, he had two goals in the game, and he got a breakaway. And he was going in on Dominic Hasek, who's arguably the greatest goaltender ever. And... What's cool about it is he, he scored the goal, but it's not that he scored the goal. It's that he called his shot, which is neat. So like he, he Babe Ruthed it. He Babe Ruthed it. So he's coming in alone on Dominic Hasek and he has enough time to take one of his hands off of his stick and he points up at the corner of the net and proceeds to just laser beam it right in that corner being Dominic Hasek, which is pretty cool. So that's like, that's probably like the most badass all-star moment. Um, in history, which is pretty cool. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and YouTube that clip. That's incredible. I never heard of a hockey player calling their own shot on net, especially, you know, all-star game facing one of the best goalies in the history of the sport and being like, yeah, here's what I'm going to score on you. <laughs> I, I would love I would love to see something like that happen in the playoffs this year. I, I feel like I've told you like a million times like how awesome and amazing the playoffs are. Uh, I, I, I just want to have it to be a shit show full of like craziness that happens so you can like really like follow it and, and watch along, which is pretty exciting. That's all I want. I want to I'm going to watch the playoffs regardless. Obviously, I would be much more invested if the Kraken were in it. I do not expect that to be the case whatsoever. So I'm going to have to pick a team to really follow along or maybe just try to binge as much uh nhl playoffs as humanly possible i haven't decided the route that i'm going to go yet like i'm just gonna hitch my bandwagon on a team and just oh yeah uh, you have to that's gonna be yeah because i feel like that's gonna make it more interesting right i mean like i'm I'm a loose i loosely root for the abs so maybe that'll be that'll be the route that i take i'll figure it out i have some time i don't know about that you might have to change that (laughs) i would like to see the avalanche fucking red wings i'll tell you my everybody i'm not kidding (laughs) no son of a bitch well you know what's cool is I'm excited for you know continuing the the podcast and look you, I don't know you think crazier things could happen it have happened before like are we are we technically I mean the Kraken are pretty far out but you just never know so I'm not going to say it couldn't happen uh, most odds are against it but I will say this is it will be fun playoff time for us to still have this this podcast because I really if you are um, newer to hockey and you're just, you know, you're just learning about the hockey and you're the hockey. You're just learning. Hawking? <laughs> that's a, that's a lower body industry right there. Uh, 
you're gonna have to we need we need to die we need like a thesaurus or like a for our for our show so we got hawking now yeah we got um, hawking <laughs> which is new kraken fans if you're new to hockey and you're a new kraken fan you're a hawking that's what it there is um but i think you should watch the playoffs if the kraken don't make it in you should plan to watch the playoffs because the sport just goes up a level and it changes and it gets way more serious and way more intense and you learn a lot about hockey when watching the playoffs so you know hopefully we can see the kraken sneak in there somehow but plan to watch playoff hockey we will keep this going i think we should have you know make picks i think it'd be fun making picks with uh fans of the show and kind of watching the playoffs you know go from there absolutely uh i might you know maybe maybe watch the caps i don't know maybe watch tom wilson go out there and do some flying elbows from center ice and start taking out some people so we'll have to Pitch the bandwagon somewhere. There's, there's, there's only so many teams that I, I wouldn't want to see, you know, win the Stanley Cup. Like the San Jose Sharks. Like hate the Sharks. I don't want to see the Sharks win the Stanley Cup. Um, the Bruins, you know, hate it when, when, when Boston teams, yeah, win, win, win national or big championships. So that sucks. So, but the playoff hockey, get ready for it. It is around the corner. Uh, I can't wait for it. So with that, that's pretty much it for the show this week ready for hockey to come back. We've got Olympic hockey, Kraken hockey, the NHL returns. Joey is a fantasy hockey juggernaut. Um, crushing just, this league, man. I thought you guys were hockey fans your entire life. How come I'm coming in here just beating the shit out of y'all? What's going on here? Pretty sure you auto-drafted, but that's fine. You know um, I didn't. You know no, I didn't. I know. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> just, how pissed you got. I wish people could see your oh, face. Man. How You're so pissed because you did. You. you drafted great. No, you did. It's awesome. <laughs> Kudos to you. So uh, pretty awesome uh, fantasy team. But uh, anyway, if you've got a no-dumb question, if you've got questions for us, Twitter is where to go, number one, and then everywhere else in social media, at Pod for sure. Um, and just let us know what you're thinking. And also, too, if you're listening to this podcast, please, you know, a review helps us grow this podcast, which grows, um, you know, the the game and grows Kraken fanship. And, you know, um, we really appreciate you, you know, wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, leaving that five star review would be just totally awesome. So with that, it's time to wrap it up. Uh, Joey, anything else to add? That's it, man. You got it. I'm just excited for hockey to be back. It does feel like it's been a year. Uh, Wednesday night, Arizona Coyotes looking for the Kraken uh, to get right and uh, keep going in the direction they've been pushing for and excited to see how the second half plays out. Yep, must-win game, must-win game. Got to beat the Coyotes. You have to do it. And if they don't, I'm going to be a little nervous, a little scared for the rest of the way. What happens when hockey players talk trash to each other? They chirp each other. So we like to leave each week with our Chirp of the Week. What the f***? You don't think that's a power? No! No? No! I think it is. No! Yeah. 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 Yeah.